Today we have an exciting interview, round two with Linus Sebastian of Linus Tech Tips. Linus Tech Tips has 11.4 million subscribers as we're recording this interview. Linus and his team not only run that channel, but also Tech Quickie, Tech Linked, Short Circuit, their podcasts, all of the things. They bring you product reviews, step-by-step computer build guides, and a variety of other tech-focused things. So without further ado, welcome Linus. Welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. We're doing part two here on That Creative Life. I have so many things to say. It's so good to chat with you. Um, how are you doing? How is I everything in Vancouver? I have no idea what you're going to ask me today. <laughs> There's no agenda whatsoever that nope. I'm aware of. No, no. So we're just going to hang out. You know, I have a few things. Uh, I, I've noticed, you know, some setup upgrades. I love that you're rocking the 49-inch ultrawides now. And you oh, have yeah. two stacked on top. How is yes. that? Honestly, it has been great. I wouldn't describe it as like perfect because there's sort of an ergonomic issue. I'm actually sitting in front of that setup right now. And just to give you some ideas, you, you, you can see me right now, right? Okay, so this is my head movement to go from one corner of the screen <laughs> to the other corner of the screen. Like it's not... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have a 49-inch LG. Is yours the yeah. Samsung? Which ones did you guys use? Uh, mine's an LG as well. Okay. Or two LGs, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Always been so fun. Always makes me uncomfortable talking about my LGs, you know? Like... <laughs> Well, I, I was so like seeing a premiere timeline on it is just amazing. And then I got so annoyed by the audio recorder I use. It always formats the SDs to um, Mac for some reason. Oh, and so okay. it doesn't and I don't have any Macs at my office. So for a new video, I basically used their LG dual controller setup mm-hmm. and I hooked up an old MacBook, just threw it behind my 49 inch uh, ultrawide and I have a little pip up at the top right-hand corner with a little Mac. Oh, so now I have 49-inch ultra-wide PC, still the power, but a little MacBook at the top. <laughs> that is like the kind of stupid workaround that you would think by the year 2020, yeah. nobody would have to go through. You'd think something as simple mm-hmm. as, okay, I've got a Mac formatted external hard drive or SD card. You know, there should just be a wizard, you know? Mm-hmm. When you plug it into a Windows mm-hmm. PC, it should just be like, hey, Dude, notice that you uh, normally use a Mac. Can I format yeah. this for you? And you know what? There was probably a much easier solution too. I just went the hard way because I was always like, hey, it'd be cool to have iMessage on my PC and it would make for a right. good video. Do it for the YouTube, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So how are things in Vancouver? How are things at LTE, LTT uh, with Rona and everything? I'm curious how you guys are handling on on that. We're actually, we're mostly back in office now. Um, we've got a couple of people that are still working from home, but we've just made it a discretionary thing. You know, if you feel your job function can be performed from home, then, uh, you know, we just kind of rubber stamp pretty much every request. And yeah. so right now we've got one of our designers, a couple of our business people that are just working from home at this point, but most people are back in office. We're just following all of the BC guidelines. So you have to go around and, uh, you know, wipe down all the door handles and, you know, common commonly touched objects in the building. So we've got uh, Tyler and Matias help us out with that. And then everyone has to wash their hands right when they come into the office. If you have any symptoms whatsoever, you go home, mm-hmm. you stay there, mm-hmm. uh, you get tested. Fortunately, it's pretty quick to get tested these days. Usually it's like next day. 
So wow. uh, seems like Canada has it figured out. Uh, well, it's it varies from province to province, just like down there from one state to another. Right, it's right. A completely different state of affairs, pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple people develop sort of flu-like symptoms, just get them out of here. They go get tested. So far, no one has actually had COVID. So uh, we've been doing just fine. And the good news is that as a technology channel, we've managed to turn some of the struggles that we've gone through adapting to work from home uh, into content. So... (laughs) Well, and I, yeah, I see all the videos in the beginning of you doing things from your home with your kiddos running around and it was, I don't know, it was, it was fun to see. It was kind of a new, um, a new angle. I'm sure people, you know, enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun with it for the first six weeks. (laughs) And by then I was like, wow, I am super ready to go back to the office now. Mm -hmm. And I actually had meant to return weeks earlier, but I like got kind of a nagging cough again. And the tests like, gotta were be still careful. taking like many days to, to set up. So I was like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, I guess I'll just wait it out. I'll just self-isolate another two weeks or whatever. But by the time I, was, I came back to the office, I was super ready. Are there any parts of y'all's process that has now changed and will stay? Are you like, did you use, are you using, you never used Zoom before, but now it's all Zoom or, you know, writing scripts. Has that changed or the productivity software you use? Is anything going, going to stick going forward? I'd say the biggest change that we've made is allowing people to edit remotely using Parsec. Uh, it's a really mm-hmm. cool tool, very low latency. Um, we're, we're really pleased with it. And there's a hacky way to get dual screen working. Can you explain, yeah, what Parsec is? Because I've watched a few videos that you've mentioned it, but it's such a niche software that I feel like a lot of people don't know, but it seems powerful. It's basically kind of like TeamViewer, but it uses the same encoding and decoding technology that things like Steam in-home streaming or Moonlight use. So it's very, very low latency encoding on the like server computer or like the workstation, and then very low latency decoding on the other side to the point where if you've got a really good internet connection on both sides and you're not too physically far away, you can get as little as a frame or two of additional latency. So it is definitely good enough for video editing. The one drawback is that you'll never get the same color depth as you would working on a local display. But one of the workarounds that we've had for that is letting people cut the videos, do music, transitions, all that stuff, and then have someone who's actually in office just then sit down in front of that computer and do a final color pass. So for clarity, people who aren't aware of stuff like this, this is basically you using the power, using the network from your office, but doing using that from home so it's more of like a yeah like kind of streaming it's like team viewer but high performance right right yeah man that's crazy a lot of people ask like oh well that's stupid you know why don't you just stop being cheap linus why don't you set up your editors with uh editing stations at their houses and i was like okay for one thing it would be very very bad business to you know, have two editing workstations per person that I hire. Um, It's a good thing you're not in charge of a company because you'd go out, you'd go down so fast, you know, how many cameras would you get per camera person? Yeah. Camera people already want three cameras each. Are you going to give them six? Mm -hmm. Uh, So first of all, that would be very stupid. Um, Second of all, transferring all that heavy footage around. I mean, we shoot a lot of our stuff on red is Mm -hmm. not trivial. 
it is actually safer because you're less likely to lose footage, which is the worst. So it's safer and more efficient to have everything be on a central server and then everyone remote into machines that yeah. have lightning fast access to that central server than it is to have everybody try to access that server from offsite. Because it's it's a mess once you start spreading out projects in between computers. I mean, when whenever I am reviewing maybe two laptops at the same time, I'll have projects across three or four different laptops. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is a mess. It's a nightmare. <laughs> you know? It's a nightmare because then you go, you sit down to do the final edit and people don't understand how disruptive that is to the workflow. When you sit down to do the final edit and you go, oh no, I need that one webcam clip that I shot on that laptop that, oh shoot, I left that laptop at the office. So now instead of, you know, spending an hour working on it, you've got this disruption in your flow. You spend an hour dinking around, going to track down some clip. And then it takes you another 15 minutes to ingest it, figure out, where did I leave off with this? It's it's incredibly disruptive. I'm always trying to hack the workflow. And especially with my office, actually, after I visited you in Vancouver and did that office tour, I was so inspired to just get things rigged up, you know, and we talked about how it's it's pretty easy to set up a camera or a webcam, start a YouTube channel. But the moment you want to just take it to that next level, it takes so much more work just to get that extra notch. Right. And so it took me forever, but I now have like rigged lights. So I have aperture one, uh, 300 D's everywhere where all I have to do is press a button and I'm ready to record. And it was so fun. Yeah. I mean, that was so inspiring to see that. And, you know, I kind of have my own version of it. It's not as crazy as y'all's, but, um, it's helped so much. It, it helps to just have a a solution that is just so accessible and easy. And you're narrowing that gap between having an idea and filming. You know what was really funny? The, uh, the couple of months that I spent filming from home, honestly, one of the most fun things about it for me, because I almost never, even going back to the beginning of the channel, I almost never did any filming. Hmm. It was actually oh, really wow. fun for me to remove some of the uh, like uh, back like to basics, TV man. Dinner, TV dinner style, ready to go things like a pre baked <laughs> lighting setup, right. and have to think about things creatively because I ended up shooting things everywhere from in my kids' room, um, which is one of the most recently painted rooms in the house, and is like kind of fun colors, fun kid yeah. colors. So I would I would be at my poor kids, right? I would have half of their room taken over <laughs> with like lighting and tripods and C stands. You probably thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, I, sh I ended up shooting things in my computer room, not nowhere near my computer because the cable mess, the entire comment section of every video that had my computer set up mm -hmm. and it was just like, ew, Linus, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. You've got to fix your cable management situation. Look, I know, but I've got an audio interface. I've got the, the webcam. I've got the USB uh -huh. hub. I've got the Thunderbolt hub. Like, and, all these and you cables. know, the complaining would be more crazy if the audio wasn't pristine and perfect. I, exactly. I think that's the most important thing is audio. Exactly. Um, so I ended up shooting outside like in my wow. yard, um, our new show, TechLinked, I, I actually made a habit of shooting that outside in my yard, which definitely has its challenges compared to being in the studio. Like I have this neighbor that has a, 
a habit of playing really, really loud music all hours of the day. And there's this one time I spent, you know, not that long because it's it's not a complicated setup, but I did have to go get like a bounce and I had to go get like a a diffusion thing because the sunlight was really harsh. Mm -hmm. And so it took me probably about 25 minutes to set up. And right as I'm about to press record, I'm like, oh, and they're the kind of they're the kind of neighbor where like. I I feel like I've got a, enough familiarity with them that I could be like, hey, can you can you turn that down for a little bit? But I've also overheard them like yelling at other people for ter- asking them to turn down their music, like they. So the people playing loud music will yell at other people for asking them to turn it down. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. like it's the, the, the you know you just don't want to be that person, but yeah. then you gotta make a video because that's your job. Because that's my job. So I'm glad to be back in the studio. <laughs> that's good. That's very good. Um and it's it's been it's been cool to see everyone go go through different things. I mean I honestly just stopped making videos for a couple of weeks because um I'm I'm trying to set up things to where there is a process and I've been complaining to my audience probably for a full year of that process and writing down process and hiring people. And I finally rounded that corner and it feels really good. It feels really good to have things set up, have editors ready to go. I don't touch this podcast uh, for editing. Um, And it's like a whole new world. I was going to ask you last time I talked to you, I think you had like maybe like a part-time editor sometimes Mm. or something like that. So I was crying. Yeah. And I was prying you like, what is the secret sauce? How do I do things? Linus, (laughs) tell me everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's going, it's going well. Um, the first priority I knew the podcast would be the easiest thing to delegate. So I got that off my, off my plate with social and editing. Um, and now I actually have someone who's been doing really well with main channel edits. And that was always a scary thing for me because I was an editor first, but then that's probably what takes eight hours, you know, out of my day, probably four times a week. It's like, if I want to do other things, I got to give that up. So, um, it's been, I think the best advice that I've gotten is just like, just keep going through people, make sure you're like straight up with them about process. And so you don't have to start at square one every time. So now I I basically have like this notion page where I'll just send to a new editor. So it's all good and they know where to start. And if they're not good, then I just move on to the next person. So. Wow. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, I thank all of the YouTube community. I was bothering you and Austin Evans and how do you hire people? So, so thank you all. Get, just get really lucky. That's, that's, what, that's, yeah. that's the best advice I can give. Yeah. Well, I talked to Austin recently and it's interesting talking to YouTubers are kind of, who are kind of writers first, like you. Do you think, what are some of the, the pros and cons of, of course, you've been in front of the camera even before, you know, you went all in on LTT. But what do you think are some benefits of being that writer first? Of course, you know how to film and edit, but um, I imagine there's certain pros and cons. I think that if I had to pick a specialty, um, actually, no, it's not. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not that simple because there's people who have managed to make no matter what it is, whether it's camera work, um, whether it's writing, whether it's editing, there's people who have managed to make uh, their strength shine through and be Mm -hmm. very, very successful no matter what it is. For the type of content that we make, obviously, uh, I think that a lot of it is in the writing. But that's 
not an accident. That's mm-hmm. because that's our strength. I mean, we have more writers on staff than we have anything else. Wow. We have, um, so let me, let me just do a quick head count here. There's me, Riley, Colin, Nicholas, Anthony, James, Alex, Jake, and John. That's wow. nine. And then we have another one that is just working on like a visa right now and hopefully going to be joining us. So out of our 31 people, 10 of them are writers. Mm. So, um, you know, but but that wouldn't necessarily be the right approach for everybody. Like I could see someone like Marquez being like, you know what, I would say it's a higher priority for, you know, my first hire to be really, really skilled on timeline or behind a camera. And the, the process of live streaming and, and now, you know, you have the WAN show, um, how I'm curious the specific setup that you guys use there. Do you use zoom and then do, or Skype and then do you use a cat? Like how, cause I'm trying to, I, I'm playing with a live thing. Okay. Like what is that process? Uh, so right now we've, since we've started doing the WAN show from quarantine, uh, instead of me and Luke being beside each other, uh, I'm actually using the streaming setup that I set up at home. So I did a video about that and Epos Vox issued a total takedown of my streaming setup, but I maintain most of his criticisms were things that I either addressed in the video as like knowing that they weren't quite perfect or they're ones that are fixed already. So it's all good now. It's all All good. It's all good, good, Adam. Um, (laughs) But I'm actually using that setup. So it's some, some Canon camera that does like a 720p, you know, interlaced mode, but that you can deinterlace. So it looks decent enough. Um, and then I've got OBS. So I grab my camera source and then just kind of resize it to take up half of the frame. Okay. And then Luke, we went through a number of different chat applications because what we discovered is that pretty much every chat application not only compresses the audio, but also modulates the volume. So I was having an incredibly difficult time getting Luke's volume up high enough for the audience, no matter what I did, even though I have a GoXLR and I have my own audio slider for Luke's audio, I could crank it, just crank everything and it it would never go high enough. And um, so we finally settled on, we're using Discord now. So what I do is I take my Discord video call and I do a pop out. And then there's sort of like a, a certain magic order of things. So if I accidentally launch OBS first and then pop out the Discord window, then I'm just going to have like me sitting on one side and then like a big blob of my text chat with Luke on the other side. Yeah. But if I open uh, Discord and then open up the video chat first and then I open OBS, it'll grab the same video pop out that it did last week. So it's like it's like whatever Discord's sort of window priority is um if you if you don't have it open it doesn't get reset so you have to have it open already um wow discord i mean this is not the first time i've heard this uh austin does his this is series via discord and it's the first time i've ever done a live stream or something um with that and apparently a lot of the reason is the audio so that's that's fascinating okay well you, you heard it here guys discord This podcast is sponsored by Acer and their new Acer Concept D7 easel. This laptop, guys, is insane. If you follow me on YouTube, I just did a video about it, so I will link the video as well as a link to the laptop in the show notes below if you want to check it out. But this is the 2-in-1 
of all two-on-ones. So not only does it have, of course, a touchscreen, it has all of the ports and SD card slot, all of the USB ports. I mean, it's it's the laptop that basically gives creators video, photo, design, everything that they want in one. So not only does it have the latest Intel Core i7, i9 processors and NVIDIA GeForce RTX 28 super graphics cards, the availability of up to 32 gigabytes of RAM, it also has an easel display. So it's a 4K touch display that it's hard to describe in words. So again, I'll link the video down in the show notes below. You can use it as an easel. So you can bring the screen down, tilt it to whatever angle you like. In my video, you'll see it exported a 15 minute YouTube video from Premiere in only a minute and 50 seconds. That is just the tip of the iceberg, folks. So make sure to check out the links in the show notes below if you're curious about this new kind of laptop that honestly blows my mind and changes the way that I think about laptops and my creation process. Okay, back to the pod. Going back to the writers, I was yeah. watching, have you ever seen Patriot Patriot Act by uh, Hassan Minhaj? Unfortunately, I haven't, sorry. Okay, so he, he does this news show and it's about pop culture stuff, um, but they have really awesome graphics in the background and so even when he's not in the studio he's been able to transfer uh his show really well to just him in a green screen for these times and it started making me think about hiring writers but you know i'm not a i'm not a writer and you probably know this better than me because i've i've obviously i don't write and i've never hired a writer but what is the the training of someone that might not be familiar with you? Do you sit them down and say, hey, watch the past hundred videos to understand my voice. This is what we're going to do for a tech show. Because, um, you know, I kind of wanted to experiment something that I could come in the office, shoot four episodes of, but have someone to, de- you know, delegate that. Because a lot of my reviews, it takes me forever to write things out. And so now that I figured out a lot of my process, I'm kind of like, okay, Linus, up next is hiring writers. So tell me how to do that. <laughs> I think you're going to find that it's the most difficult thing to hire. Really? But maybe part of it is that I have less, um, you know, it, it all comes down to sort of where we come from, right? I come from writing. It's the thing I'm most picky about. I mean, I delegated editing from literally video one. Going going back to the very first NCIX Tech Tips, the first video of me on the internet, I did not edit that video. Yeah. I didn't shoot so it So maybe it's it. what you're most connected to is the hardest. Yes. So I, I, I was more detached to it. Like if there's... If there's a mistake in the edit, um, you know, I'll look at it and I'll go, hey, guys, that was sloppy. Can we improve the QC for next time? But I don't I don't like internalize that. Whereas if there's a mistake in the writing, that's the team that not only do I contribute to still like we have credits on all of our videos now. So you guys, the audience can see, you know, which ones I wrote myself. Um, But I actually act as like a senior editor on the majority of the stuff that gets uploaded to the Linus Tech Tips channel, almost all of it. Um, so I, you know, to me, when there's a mistake there, it's like that slipped through both my team and me, both of which reflect on me personally. Um, what I will say is that for me, you know, for where I come from, at least uh, writing is the most difficult thing to hire and train because it comes down to, you know, what you're trying to do and everybody is going to have completely different strengths. Like there's projects that I could go, okay, this is an Anthony project. Uh, Jake could handle it, but there's absolutely no way that I would put Colin on this. 
and vice versa. This is a project that's right up Colin's alley. Uh, you know, Jake could probably handle it. Alex could handle it, but Anthony would have no idea what to do. Uh, and the, the broader our content gets, the more I kind of feel like I, you know, I have, I almost want more specialists, but then I run into trouble when we have, you know, two CPU reviews that are sort of right next to each other. And it's like, well, guess we're leaning heavily on Anthony. Maybe it would be nice to have some more generalists. You know, there's no way to build the perfect team. It's kind of like specking out an RPG, you know, character, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, hiring a person where you're dumping everything into stealth or whatever. It's like, oh no, there's a boss fight where you like absolutely have to deal a bunch of damage. And I've got this like stealthy character that can like steal things and like, you know, convince people to cooperate with me. Great. I guess I better just go back eight hours in my save game and start beefing up my strength and magic or whatever. You know what I mean? So there's an analogy. Yeah. There's no way to hire exactly the right team. Um, And I think what you're going to find is that the writing, for me anyway, I I really do believe content is king. Um, The writing is the most important thing to the health of the channel. You Hmm. could have a video shot on a webcam and as long as the content is good and there's good good storytelling. I mean, that's one of the things that I really go through with my guys is that it's not about just uh, writing down all the facts. It's about figuring out what the story is. And there's a hundred products a year that launch that are like, notable products from big brands that we won't cover because when we sit down in our writers meeting every Monday morning, um, I kind of go, what's the title? What's the thumbnail? Which is another way of asking, what's the story? Why should people care about this? And if there's no, if there's no answer, if there's no beginning, middle and end, um, then we don't make a video about it. So I think if you were to look at a particularly a category like monitors on our channel, it might seem very, very arbitrary what we cover and what we don't, but it's not at all. It comes down to, you know, what's the story we're going to tell. So there's one coming soon that's not technically a monitor, strictly speaking, it's a TV. Um, but the story we wanted to tell is why 65-inch TVs can be had for $500 now. So... Instead of it being really, really focused on the TV, it's actually only about three paragraphs of the script near the end that are about, you know, why this TV is such a good value and why so many people are buying it because it's the uh, most purchased TV on Amazon. And then the entire rest of the script, which is probably about 65% of it, is about how TV fabrication works and um, how the larger the sheet of glass that they make and the generation of the fab dictates how large a sheet of glass they can cut multiple panels from dictates what the economies are of building that TV and, you know, where we're expecting this to go in the future and sort of that story. So that's the story. The TV is just, for me, the product has always been um, more of like a prop to tell the story. And there's definitely times or there's definitely videos where we have leaned more heavily into the product. Um, There's one example is I was absolutely desperate to get a video shot last week. And there's this pair of Odyssey, or sorry, I shouldn't say pair. There's an Odyssey gaming headset that's like 900 US dollars. And I was like, well, this is just like, that's kind of a story in and of itself. What could possibly justify a $900 gaming headset? So I did a very product focused video, but um, going back to even the very first video about the Sunbeam Tunic Tower, um, the story was, you know, what are the benefits and, you know, how do you install 
a large air cooler compared to your stock cooler? Oh, it's going to make your computer quieter. Like, what's the real world benefit for the viewer? So coming back to your original question, um, I think that writing is by far the most important thing to the health of the channel. And it's therefore the thing that requires the most babysitting. So when it comes to Linus Tech Tips, which is our bread and butter, um, every script whether it's a new writer or whether it's someone who's been working with me for three years now. And some of the people on my team have been with me for three years and they are like, you know, I would consider them bonafide YouTubers in their own right at this point. Uh, they sit down with me either together or over a Zoom call, you know, Pat Rona. Um, and we go through the script word by word. And I say, okay, you know, this I'm changing just because it's not my voice. This, let's debate it because I don't really agree. Can you explain this? Uh, I feel like this paragraph should be here. So I actually had a kind of a snarky comment on our forum about how, you know, I'm just a talking head and I just just read the script. Obviously, Linus says he, you know, edits the scripts, but there's there's no way. And, you know, I was just like, I was kind of in like a bad mood. And so what I did was I uploaded screenshots of the original script that was submitted to me and the one that I edited. And I went, there you go. You know, either either I went and I rewrote the script, like making it slightly different and worse, you know, just for the sake of replying to your comment, or I actually do take my job as like senior editor very seriously. And I actually do sit down and edit all the scripts that I have an editing credit on. So, and why I think that's so important for, you know, you say it's the backbone of a channel and the way you guys do videos, it's in a way that you can come back to every single video and enjoy Every video, even if you're not interested in that one specific product, you you make sure that it's just a backdrop of the video and someone can watch it, enjoy it and, you know, say, oh, I learned something today or that was extremely entertaining. I'm not going to buy the TV, but hey, I'm, I'm leaving with something. That was something we learned four or five years ago uh, when we were still really focused on product unboxings. And I had always tried to work some general knowledge into a product unboxing. Um, you know, I had tended to try to focus on products that introduced something we hadn't seen before. Okay, so like, you know, here's the first modular power supply that has individually sleeved cables. Let's talk about the benefits or drawbacks of those. Um, but what we found was that having titles that were just kind of an individual product name and having a video that was just, you know, yay or nay, should you buy this product? resulted in, you know, really good viewership right out of the gate, but then this precipitous drop down to basically nothing. Whereas if we look at almost everything that we've produced over the last few years, my goal is that if a video is not getting a thousand views a day, a year after we release it, then it's an utter failure and we need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what we can do better. So um, it was through a combination of conversations with people at YouTube. Um, that's happened more recently, I guess. So that's more just solidified the strategy, but also observations in the analytics that we determined that Evergreen was the best way for us to grow. We've been one of those, I think we're probably the, the quietest channel doing 100 million views a month, you know? Like we we don't get we don't get a ton of like press unless I'm you know talking about how I'm thinking of retiring or apologizing to Tim Sweeney or whatever like you know we we don't tend to but that's exactly it like we don't tend to have a lot of drama associated with us so we don't get a lot of like you know mainstream media coverage or anything like that 
you know, I feel like the the tech community as a whole is just this like little bubble over here that people enjoy, but kind of, you could have 10 million, 11 million subscribers now like you guys, but then, Oh, Linus, I think maybe I've watched one of his videos for, Oh, Oh, 11 million. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So we're, you know, it's like, we joke about it internally. We're quietly doing a Super Bowl a month in viewership. Wow. Yeah. Quietly. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and this is a question that I wanted to ask you because yeah. as a super small team right now, there's always something yeah. that I want to do more. Right. But yeah. as a team that has 20 plus people, you're, you're already doing a lot, but I, I can imagine there's always something more, right? It, what is that thing for you right now? We've been having a lot of fun with, um, with merch. Um, hold on, let me come back to this question because there was something I wanted to say in response to your previous one. I only mentioned the like huge viewership quietly because one thing we've realized is that we never and probably will never experience the kind of explosive growth that someone like uh, a Casey Neistat, for example, might experience. Or you see it over and over again in the gaming space, for example, like Jacksepticeye is a perfect example of someone that I remember looking at back in the day when he was absolutely tiny. And then I looked at him again in like three months and he had like millions upon millions of subscribers. I was like, what even is this? How do people do this? It is never going to happen for us. So what we realized was that we needed to have a different strategy. Instead of trying to make a gigantic splash, we needed to just build that enormous content library that consistently gets like background views in the background um, and continues to drive our overall viewership up, which is going to drive up our revenue, which is going to make it so we can hire more people, which is going to make it so that we can expand. Another thing that I've observed over the years, um, between this so long dude, like so long, is that it tends to be, and it's not always the case, but it tends to be the ones that rise um, exponentially also tend to fall faster. Um, And I call it the curve. Everyone succumbs to the curve eventually, but I have found that the slow and steady ones do tend to have a slower and steadier decline when it does eventually happen. And that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to fade into obscurity <laughs> relatively slowly instead of just turn wake up one morning and be like, oh, no one wants my tech tips. Well, alrighty then I guess I better I guess I better like, you know, start a garden in the backyard. Well, I, yeah, you guys have well, you've done such a good job of developing other talent. So y- y'all can probably just go on forever. And I mean, Short Circuit, that's a new channel that when I talked to you last, that didn't even exist, which is, is crazy, you know. So, you know, I asking the question of what more do y'all want to do? But at the same time, I'm like, you guys are doing a lot. You keep adding things and they're successful. Um, are, th- are there any spots that, oh, maybe we should pay attention to that more? Yeah, I think we need a Mac focused channel. Um, Hmm. In a perfect world, I would love to do it really stealthily so that Apple has no idea it's us. They will never work with anything where they know that I am personally associated with it. I guarantee it. Well, never formally started. They have just never replied to a communication from me. And it's it's obviously intentional at this point because it's not like it's not like you can be you know, Googling tech YouTube channel and not find me somehow, you know, um, 
so I, I make the assumption at this point, maybe, and maybe this is like ego driven. I don't know, but I make the assumption that if there's a tech company not working with us, it's because they don't want to hmm. at this point. <laughs> we also do stuff that like I know is not popular there. You know, we've shown, uh, we've done videos on Hackintoshing, for example, in the past. I suspect we would have to scrub every Hackintosh video from our channel. Yes. I suspect we would actually have to scrub a lot of the anything critical of Apple from our channel. They really don't take kindly to... I feel like what I've noticed is yes to all that, but especially the Hackintosh stuff, they're really, I think they're really sensitive about that because people who get product are still, you know, they can still be somewhat critical, but they sort of, yeah, they do not like the Hackintosh stuff. Nope. Not at all. And you guys have been doing a lot of that recently. And that's been actually really fun to watch. It yeah. Was, I mean, was that a pain in the butt to build that Mac Pro? Yeah. Which one are you talking about? The PC so Pro, which is you our just PC did the 32,000. Exactly. You, you have basically two, but the one that you kind of built from scratch with the, the cheese grater case. Yeah. yeah. So that was a multi-month project and it was severely disrupted by coronavirus and then indirectly by coronavirus because our workshop got converted into a 3D printing farm uh, making like mask pieces and like ear guards and stuff yeah, like that. Awesome. It's been mostly dismantled now because all that stuff's being made by like injection molding now. So uh, we're kind of like, okay, well, hey, that was really great. Um, you know, we were able to you know, hopefully make a you know, even small difference here, but it's time yeah. to wind this down. Uh, but yeah, that project just got derailed so many times. There's a local painter that was supposed to paint it for us, do like a really great job, just completely ghosted us. Uh, but totally worth it because that is a sick machine. It's not oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have Thunderbolt 3. Like that's a downer and a half, but it's yeah. still really cool. It's really yeah. cool. It's one of a kind. And those are really fun videos to to watch. I I don't think anyone would trade those types of videos for you getting an iPhone like a week early, you know, so. I sure wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's obviously a conscious decision at this point, you know. Right, right. And with all of the the story being at the front uh, forefront and the writing being at the forefront, did you guys ever feel the pressure or want to start like a verge? basically a website, a blog, a written Linus Tech Tips? Absolutely. Uh, I still have mock-ups of what LinusTechTips.com's like. So we have a super active forum. It's funny. Forums are dead, right? Not not your forum. (laughs) JK, yeah. LinusTechTips.com has been steadily growing since we launched it. Wow. Because there is, even though a lot of forums are dying off, you know, it comes down to the philosophy, I think, for a forum. Anyone can put up a vBulletin or uh, IPB forum. You know, it's not complicated, but it comes down to the philosophy. And what we identified was a need for something that's in between super newbie forums where um, you can go and get a bunch of bad advice and super elitist forums where there's lots of knowledgeable people, but they're just total jackasses about it and don't want to share any Mm -hmm. of their knowledge. So Linus Tech Tips Forum is somewhere where our rules are basically summarized as, uh, you know, don't be a dick, Will Whedon, and be excellent to each other, Bill and Ted. Like that's, that's the core philosophy of LinusTechTips.com. And so it's like... How many users? 
I don't even know. It's well over half a million. I can't, wow. I can't remember. It's probably wow. closer to a million at this point. Um, so really, if you wanted to become one of these tech blogs, you could so easily just put a layer on top of that and boom, you're one of the biggest. So we, yeah. So we mocked it up and we were looking into like uh, hiring writers. So we were looking into even poaching some well-known, uh, some well-known writers. And what we wanted to do was kind of, I actually love what Hardware Connects does. So they've got their written site and they've got their video content. And sometimes you'll see a written article that is just clearly derived from screenshots and a quick written summary of a video. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll have video content that is clearly derived from like a deeper written article and they kind of complement each other that way. That was very much the vision that we saw for it. But it was just one of those things where the video business was growing so fast and our team was so small at the time. This was back when we were like seven people that I just... It was either I could double down on video where mm-hmm. I knew that we could grow the company faster or I could allow myself to get distracted by this, by this written side of the business that at the time seemed to be going through a big consolidation of written websites and, and a big shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And if you look at the ones who've gotten the biggest, it's the ones with the best video teams. So. I also underestimated how how long of a tail there would be on Britain, you know, things like yeah. Tom's hardware and Anantech, you know, you're talking to the guys. Uh, I don't actually know that many people from Tom's hardware, but Anantech I do. And they're still, they're still bullish on, mm. on written going forward. Like the more sites have dropped off, the more need there is for uh. someone to be that authoritative written voice. And I'm like, that is a very different way of thinking about it that right. I hadn't considered. And Hey, maybe I should have made that investment you know, five years ago. <laughs> well, or yeah. And in the same way that I think you can throw captions on a video clip is probably the, the same way why written still isn't dead because you're on the subway or, you know, you're in a place where you can't listen to audio. So you want something passive, right? I'm letting you um, know the secret. Yeah. I prefer written content. I don't watch videos. <laughs> So you don't sit there on YouTube for hours just watching and watching and watching. Wow. I watch almost no YouTube. Exposed. Exposed. (laughs) Uh, Okay. In the last few moments, um, if you can answer this in two or three minutes, when Uh it comes to uh, monetization, and it's a big question, monetization, you you obviously have like things on lock with your sponsors, two sponsors, a video, you do one up front, you do (laughs) one in the end. Um, It's in a way that people, you know, it's short and sweet enough to where they're not going to skip it. Um, And it's in a way that, okay, hey, maybe I do need that. I think you'll do it really well. When it comes to things like the WAN show or maybe getting sponsors for um, your conference, the LTX Expo, the ancillary sponsorships. I'm curious, does that stem from your already existing relationships from YouTube? And then you say, hey, we have a podcast and we have this, or what is, is it just kind of all over the place? Because I know a lot of my friends, you know, podcasts or everything and it it's kind of like okay if you're in a podcast network that's when you get the easy ad money but sometimes it's hard to build those relationships to do mm. anything outside of cookie cutter youtube oh man what would you describe as cookie cutter youtube i guess the square spaces of the world they sure. you know what to expect you know they're signing up for one a month for a year right got it okay but then for the hey squarespace we actually have this over here and this over here, it might be too much of a big question. So it's more down to time, really. Yeah. Um, 
what I really, what I found was one of the biggest hockey stick moments for Linus Tech Tips was when I hired a business person hmm. on my team, like not trying to work through, I'm nothing against agents or agencies, but the problem that we've run into the past with things like that is that there's like turnover and it's not within your control. When I have someone on my staff, I, I don't, I'm not in control of them, like not in like a weird way, but I, um, I, I am somewhat guiding our collective destinies where we're on the, we're on the team, right? They're focused on, on Linus Media Group Incorporated and its intellectual properties. And I am focused on keeping them happy. So, you know, one of the things I ask myself at the end of every year is, you know, how do I, how do I make sure that Linus Media Group, well, first I ask myself, do I want to keep this person? And if the answer is yes, then what I ask myself is, how do I make sure that Linus Media Group Incorporated is the most sensible decision for them to make for the coming year? So I kind of treat every year like rehiring someone. Hmm. Um, hmm. And so with that sort of control over our, our destiny, um, you get that kind of focus and that knowledge and that synergy to use mm-hmm. like a, a horrible business term <laughs> where my business team can act almost completely independently of me at this point, you know, so whether we're, yeah, whether we're going out to a brand that we worked with on, you know, a a pre-roll or like a video integration and saying, Hey, um, you know, you guys have some really cool stuff coming up. Do you want to show it off at LTX rip LTX 2020? Um, Or whether it's a totally random brand reaching out to us about, you know, LTT. And then we go and say, Oh, Hey, by the way, your budget, not so great, but look at this. We've got short circuit, which might hmm. be a perfect fit for you. We've got yeah. tech wiki. We've got tech linked. We've got all this data that we can give them on all these different channels. Um, it's powerful to have those other things going. Yeah. It's great. In some ways we're kind of like a, a miniature tech MCN. Yeah. If you think about it that way. So we've got Linus tech tips as sort of this flagship content. And then we've got these other uh, supporting pieces. So mm-hmm. Wancho, LTX, tech linked, tech wiki, short circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I, I don't really remember what the original question was, but I guess no, but it's, it's a combination. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's great to always have, you know, different products, even if it's a video channel and multiple channels, and then be able to spread that because sometimes brands have a good deal of money that makes sense in your main channel. But hey, if not, I have all these other things. Um, and diversifying your streams of revenue is the same thing as diversifying the type of content that you make in multiple different channels. So we also, you know, partly out of necessity, because we have so many people here, we've got a lot of mouths to feed. We also mm-hmm. try pretty hard to not leave any deals on the table. Yeah. Um, so we always try to find, you know, some way to make something work, yeah. even if it's just like some Twitter posts or totally. whatever the case may be. Obviously, if we have, you know, a a problem with the product or the service, we'll reject a sponsor outright or we'll walk away from an existing sponsor. We had one sponsor a number of years ago. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not like a a public dirty laundry airing kind of kind of character. But it was a clothing company that we were getting complaints from our viewers that it was very hard to cancel, like to cancel Mm -hmm. their account. And we were like, hey, you guys need to fix this. We gave them a warning or two and the complaints kept cropping up. So we just canceled them. Um, So that's another thing that we've worked really hard on over the years. So we'll reach out to sponsors. We'll have sponsors reach out to us. And then we make sure that 
anyone that you see on an ongoing basis on the channel is one that we're not getting complaints from our viewers about. So as soon as that starts to happen, you know, we either expect to see immediate change to mm -hmm. the policies or the customer service at these mm -hmm. companies, or we'll just stop working with them. And I think that's given our viewers a degree of trust. Like if we're endorsing it, mm -hmm. then it's probably okay. Yeah. It might not be the best. It might not be the best value in the world. I mean, there's right, it's no right. secret that a Dorco razor back in the day, you know, if you bought a gigantic bulk thing of them, was a better deal per razor than Dollar Shave Club. Right. Um, right, right. But that doesn't mean that Dollar Shave Club, with the value add that they have, which is you know the regular deliveries and and all that stuff, so you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they're a bad product. It just might not be the best bang for the buck. And so right. we don't expect every sponsor to be the best bang for the buck. We just expect them to do what they said they would, when they said they would. Yeah. And I said that I would let those guys uh, yes, have no yeah. audio bleed over from this podcast for their podcast uh, five minutes ago. So I'm probably going to yes. have to bail. Linus, thank you for being on That Creative Life. Everyone check out all of their channels in the show notes below. Um, and until next time, guys, thank you for listening. Linus, thank you. All right. Thanks, Sarah.